You're invited to our second annual Winter Women's Retreat, a slumber party. Did you know that Black women are often the gatekeepers and teachers of culture, memory, and legacy, particularly of the Black family? While on the journey to preparing for a love and life partner, and even more so if you're already partnered or married, I encourage Black women to create a community and cultivate sisterhood with other Black women first. We need each other. Retreat tickets are now available for the first 10 guests at matchmarymate.com. Join us in Asheville, North Carolina for a sacred and spiritual retreat with other Black women who know how to act. Hope to see you in the mountains. Greetings. You're listening to the Match Mary Mate Show where Black women learn how to get their love lives together. Here I guide you on your dating and relationship journey, empower you with feminine presence, power, and charm, teach you how to navigate and negotiate your needs and desires with men. I'm your host, your girl, Joyce Robinson Myers, and welcome to another episode, Love Bugs. We're continuing our Know Thyself series with an emphasis on our sacral root and our I feel affirmations. Today's show is titled Your Self-Awareness, a personal and relationship skill that goes a long way with family, friends, and especially romantic relationships. I'm not teaching too much in this episode, but instead having another black woman combo with a former client and now friend who demonstrates a high level of self-awareness that I believe is worthy to expose us all to. Of course, she didn't start there. She had her own evolution as we all must, but today she's certainly a model for it. Maybe her insights can inspire you to know thyself more with self-awareness. First, let's begin with the power of affirmation. We start every episode with an affirmation as a way to center self, listen to the body, and honor our spirit. Ask yourself, how are you today? What moods, feelings, or emotions come up? Use that energy to speak life, wholeness, and healing over yourself using the power of your own voice. Speak it into existence with an I or I feel. I feel aware of myself. I feel optimistic about what I desire. I feel my feelings and my pleasure. Today, I have another interview for you this season. While my guest, Kaidi, is a mental health professional, that's not why she's in the studio with me today. She's joining us as a single and dating Black woman, heavy on the dating. She's decided to embark on a dating project she blogs about that has us all captivated around her journey to finding the love of her life. She'll be sharing the selfhood journey that led to her fun and pleasurable dating experience now. She'll be learning key things she had to learn about herself and her personality 
and her best way to introduce or compliment that with male suitors. Because learning your superpowers, including when to use them, and understanding your sweet spot is a real thing as a dating woman. And not for nothing, but these superpowers and sweet spots follow you into exclusivity and even into matrimony where they really pay high dividends. If you have not already read her blog post about her date number four, The Beard, go read it and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about here. She also shares her opinion on the gender number disparity between black men and women and gives us some tea on her self-identified lover girl feminine archetype. Now, I don't know that gender number disparity is actually a real term. I just say that because it helps me remember that it's not just gender and it's not just number, but it's gender number. So for this episode, I encourage you to take notes, especially listing questions you have or new ideas and thoughts that come up as Kaidi shares her story. I am more than happy to chat with you in Clubhouse on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern if you're curious about my responses in this conversation. Your feedback may inspire a second conversation between Kaidi and myself in a future season. You and I may hear different things in today's show, and that's okay. While I held the conversation as a black woman dating coach and friend, I re-listened as a relationship researcher. While you're likely listening as a fellow black woman desiring advice and insights on dating and relationships. So with my relationship researcher hat on, my guest confesses to being obsessed with marriage as early as 17 and 18 and having no real relationship guidance. Now, this is actually a critique that I have of the church, maybe even the black church, and you'll hear her when she gets there. Because as a community beacon and proponent of marriage and family, doesn't it make sense to gain the most education and guidance there? But anywho, that's a conversation for another day. This reality is one of the reasons my coaching practice and research interests exist. In our lifespans, we usually begin forming romantic interests and relationships in the adolescent and emerging adult phases. For reference, adolescence is usually the teenage years, and emerging adults have a various range depending on the researcher, but I'd say between about 18 to 24 years old. Women also usually make a lot of mistakes with men for this reason. And yes, because there is usually a lack of guidance, but also because this is a time where we are first becoming involved with men, so there's a lot of inexperience there. Because my generation, millennials, did not receive much relationship education or guidance during this season of our lives about 20 years ago, we need it now, so my work fills this gap. But eventually, I want my relationship education work to be on campuses for undergrad and graduate students so that emerging and early adult women can have the guidance that they need at the most ideal point of their lives. But I can't stop there. I need to be able to expand into retreats and workshops and into other industries to reach professional women because not every woman is ready, neither desires a relationship or relationship education as a young adult. You'll hear me interject at certain points in today's talk to highlight 
two topics I believe are worthy of your attention and to give your consideration, especially as a self-check or personal inventory. Those two topics are, number one, standards and boundaries, and number two, anti-humanity, as I like to call it. Now, Kaidi will also mention emotional reactivity, and I didn't want to lose our flow there, so I'll add my input here. Being able to regulate your emotional reactions in any situation, but especially in romantic spaces, is an asset you cannot afford to pass you by. The better your emotional reactivity, the more safety you offer your dates and your partner, and the more calm and secure you are as a woman. Wise womanliness is a thing. Now, Kaidi does a great job in this department. My research interests that are relevant to this show include culture, dating, intimacy, and then relationship standards, strategies, and trajectory. I believe that Kaidi has done the self-work and the sister circle community work, and she possesses the relationship readiness skills to be ready for partnership. She's done her part on that end. However, there's still a systemic issue that works against her here with the availability of men, namely black men, who are her preference, but at this point, no longer an absolute requirement. And this gender number disparity is somewhat responsible for that. One of the ways to combat this disparity is to extend your volume and reach, and she's doing so. If you recall Alexandra from our Fun Girl Summer pop-up episode, I believe it was number two, she also stated that part of her dating strategy included expanding her reach by adding another city with a decent statistical number of Black men and Black people thriving. She also said she leveraged her international travels to date more intentionally, and it worked for her for the type of relationship she was seeking then. So pay attention to what Kaidi is doing to expand her volume and reach when she details her journey and decision-making process with us. Now, your path doesn't have to be hers, but I am sure there are some good things that you can pick up from her as she shares out loud with us. While I'll never deny the systemic ills that suffer the black community and that suffer black women as they enter the dating market and desire marriage and family, I also will not passively accept defeat or defunct realities as our only way to exist. I want a new way of being and practice that can heal our community in this area, and I'm on a mission to discover what could work for us. If you have some viable options for soothing this woe, I'm all ears. I know I am cheering Cardi on in her new endeavor, along with a crowd of others who have joined with her in this effort, and that speaks to the value of group buy-in and community support, another gem in your dating and relationship bag if you want a healthy and sustainable marriage. As you know, I want to aid in the healing of gender relations between Black women and Black men because I am learning through my coaching practice that when we have the proper relationship education, it produces safer, happier, smarter, and more stable dating decisions that improves the quality of our relationships as we enter the dating market to match, marry, and mate. It is my hope that today's conversation provides some level of awareness as a dating woman with some relationship education that helps you to navigate more wisely and strategically for your safety, happiness, and health. Because why, y'all? 
Black Love Matters, and we're in much need of the restoration of Black family power. So I want to introduce you to Kaidi. I was recently reminded of how much history we have. So I am an educator by trade. And some years ago, I was teaching some middle school and high school classes as well as adult Hebrew. And Kadi and I first became introduced and acquainted to each other through that. Kadi, I almost forgot. But yeah. we, we do Hebrew lessons on Friday afternoons. Right, right. Joyce yes. is so gracious. She volunteered to just give me some Hebrew lessons. I said, I want to be able to interpret the Bible in a different kind of a way. And so Joyce had me with my, was it, I bet. It's been a while. <laughs> Yes, I miss those Friday afternoons. Yes, that blessed me. And then since then, we work together coaching clients. And I have, I'm going to be honest, you all, I have just become emotionally invested in Kaidi's story because I definitely always give her the If Resiliency and Reframe Were a Person Award. And so I just love to see her have this goal for herself do things to make it happen, experience some type of resistance or setback as life brings. And then this girl come up with a new plan and be like, guess what? I'm just gonna go about it this way. I'm just gonna go about it that way. In 2021, you took the beta Match Mary May course. Lord, it was still developing. Um, Mm -hmm. And you said, I'm gonna finish this course. I'm gonna do this. And then I want to focus on my own self, my own journey and travel and you had marked it like right around your birthday and your birthday's in august and i was mm-hmm. like listen i will partner and align with you with this because i just i just want to see you happy and married and well loved so badly probably right underneath you and your mama i think i'm next <laughs> <laughs> um, and i was like listen i will join you on the first place and i did y'all i had never mm-hmm. we have obviously we've had our virtual sessions together but i had never met her in real life and the first time i saw Kaidi was in panama yeah and i tell you you know when when it comes to who i work with um you know professionally but also personally who i keep in my circle people with character you know that that's important to me and joyce said she was going to come we had never met in person and she came she came to panama i think it was i don't know if it was the first month or the second month that i was there but she kept her word so your girl is a woman of character oh thank you katie yeah we had fun yeah, we did. Trying to speak Spanish and see Black men and have our own adventures. Thank mm-hmm. you for getting me out of the U.S. in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so let me introduce Kaidi to our Match Mary May audience. Kaidi Rodriguez, LCSW, is a psychotherapist, author, and media expert with a passion for educating and inspiring women and minorities to live amazing lives. Her virtual group counseling practice, Serenity Wellness and Therapy Services, specializes in treating individuals with anxiety and stress disorders, as well as self-esteem and self-confidence issues. Kaidi is a former Miss New Jersey USA and the author of the Confidence Project Journal, 52 Journal Prompts to Uncover Personal Strength and Stop Self-Doubt as well as a welcome to the couch 
a beginner's guide to therapy. She's been featured on outlets such as Fox News, News 12 New Jersey, and NBC. Welcome, Kaidi. Hey, thank you for having me. You have at least the Match Mary Mate Facebook community just <laughs> hanging on every week to find out about your dating life and which date are you on and your hundred date series and what are the guys like? I know I'm a fan. The very first post release in July, Mr. Malcolm X and Mr. Hairline, y'all have to go read it. The writing is beautiful. The self-awareness is amazing. And her retail of these men is just, a storybook. So we are interested in your journey, Kaidi, and I thought you'd be the perfect guest because you clearly possess some level of self-awareness for you to explore this venture. And you have to be learning about yourself date to date to date, would you say? Oh, absolutely. The the process of going back and writing, you know, it's like, oh, I missed that. I didn't realize that. Hmm. It's very interesting. You know, writing is a way to discover your thoughts and feelings, and it's even a pathway to healing. So I can see that. Absolutely. So please tell us about this series and your motivation behind its launch. We want the juice. So my latest project, I, I, I have to have a project going on, some kind of adventure. There always has to be something going on with me or I, or I get bored. So uh, my latest project is called 100 Dates in Houston. So it's a blog series tracking my journey to um, 100 dates to find the love of my life. The idea, as you'll see in the first blog, love is a numbers game came about when I was watching this TikTok, uh, this billionaire, Alex Hermosi. He was saying that, you know, so many of us, we, we, we fail to realize the importance of volume when it comes to success. So, you know, we go on five dates and we think we're going to meet the love of our lives. And he's like, well, what if it took 500 dates? Or, you know, we upload four pot, you know, a podcast every day or a social media post every day for a month. And then we wonder why we haven't blown up or hit Apple's, you know, top 10 podcasts or whatever. His podcast didn't hit the top 10 until like he had done 400 episodes. Wow. And so, yeah. And so people really underestimate the amount of volume that it takes in order to attain any level of success in, in, in multiple measures. So at the time when I saw the TikTok, I was frustrated because I think I had gone on like three dates here in Houston. I just moved here to Houston, by the way, about three months ago for the listeners update. And I was in my feelings and like, I can't do rotational dating and just all the things, all of the emotional things that come up. And I said, um, I saw that post and I was like, you know what, maybe I need to have some type of goal that is not tied to necessarily finding the one, but just this kind of number, just this goal to help me along in the journey. So it's just this idea of volume in order to ultimately get to where I want to be in the end. Oh, I love that. I always say that dating is a numbers game. I don't know that I put the word volume on it, but I have said you all have to give, you know, yourself access. Um, there was someone who posted in our Facebook group underneath you sharing your blog by saying her professor did the same thing. She mm -hmm. plotted out 50 dates for herself. Right. And lo and behold, her husband was the 50th date. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and just think, what if you had stopped at 49? You know, mm -hmm. that's the thing we, we give up because, you know, we wonder if it's actually going to happen. And like I, I say in the blog, 
if I found that out, I would be sick that I gave up on some lifelong dream, like right before being on the cusp of breakthrough. Yeah, I was interviewing another therapist. Y'all are similar, by the way. But I was um, interviewing another therapist last week. And she said, you know, there's this thing about humans where we like to give up just before the breakthrough point. Mm. Of course, you don't know that. Right. Because you haven't seen it through. But if you are having strong feelings of just like, I'm ready to throw in the towel, God, Mm -hmm. you are much closer than you think you are. It's not that crazy because you're you're not talking about just a boyfriend or, or some friend or just you're talking about the love of your life, you know, your life partner. Right. So, of course, not everybody is going to meet that. It's going to be a very, very, very small, I think, number of people who would actually be able to meet the requirements, you know, for you to be with and not to just be with them, but also to be happily with them. So it kind of makes sense, you know. So does that mean you're committed? You're going all the way to 100? I mean, I hope I don't have to. But if if I have the readers coming along with me, I can't give up at, at 39. You know, it's people that are following me here. It's kind of, it's this thing called scary accountability. And you tell people this is what you're going to do. And now you kind of have to face the backlash of not keeping your word publicly just because I've said I'm going to do it and I've committed to it. And it is a good idea. I'm going to see it through. <laughs> I love that. What What date are you on right now? So I'm preparing for date number 10. I'll be having date number 10 this weekend. He's coming from out of town. And um, I think I'm going to be calling him Blasian Bay. So all the guys, they have their aliases. (laughs) I think we're going to call him Blasian Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so from date one, when you started, Mm -hmm. to date 10 or prepping for date 10, have you had any dry spells in that time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just I just wrote a post called uh, Dry Season. (laughs) And it's not because I'm not meeting men, whoever I'm meeting, either things are falling through or it's just not a fit. Like I met this one guy, we'll call him Nigerian, the Nigerian Salsero. So this is a Nigerian man that I met salsa dancing. Um, And he (laughs) And, you know, he wanted to connect and ask me for my number and everything. And then something just told me to ask him, are you single? And he's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a divorce. Like, uh, no, no, sir, we're, we're not, we're not doing that. But connecting with a lot of people and then conversations just following through and, you know, and all the mindset stuff that, you know, comes with that. Like, is it me? What am I doing wrong? So yes, I'm in a dry, I'm just coming out of a dry spell. I'll say that. (laughs) You know what? It just clicked for me as I listen to you answer that question that mm-hmm. you quite literally mean 100 dates, not 100 yeah. men. Right. And so all of these activity that can happen, you might make a connection, switch a number, or try to get a plan going for a date to happen. But right. if it doesn't land in a date, like they have to already have a certain amount of criteria mm-hmm. to be on a date with you. And there's so many men who get lost there that actually right translating it to a date is its own other thing right exactly yeah so you know I'm meeting I'm meeting people um which is at at one point that was even a challenge now I'm meeting them but then we have to translate into into a date and then if we're going to go all the way you know we're going to go from dates to actually you know connecting emotionally and all of those things you know so it's a journey so date one to date nine Mm -hmm. are there any men who are still in orbit there's one that's still kind of trying to hold on. 
or, or I'm holding on. I don't know if we hold, we're holding on. I'll be honest. Um, he's transparent and self-aware enough to say he's not entirely ready. Um, and so we're trying to figure out what does that mean? Does that mean that I, that we maintain contact? We cut it off. I don't know. Um, but I enjoy him. He's so cute. Mm -hmm. So are you excited for date 10? Like in, in the conversations and in the lead up, to mm -hmm. getting there. Obviously, he's got the date slot, so he passed at least the first bar. Right. So what is your first read of him and how are you excited? Give us those things. He's well connected. We have a lot of things in common in terms like the date that we're planning is to go like horseback riding. And Ooh. you know, yeah, you know me. I love the adventure and fun and all of that. Um, we exchanged travel stories. We were actually introduced through a mutual friend that saw my um, my blog post that, you know, I'm going on these 100 dates. And so the, the blog itself is bringing in people. So he saw this online and, um, you know, asked a mutual friend, well, what do you think about these two together? So we connected virtually and he's coming to Houston on, on Friday. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm looking forward to that one, too. <laughs> So when I hear the word volume, mm -hmm. particularly coming out of a black woman's mouth in the way that you have used it, which is I need to give myself enough people and experiences to go through. Yes, to develop a little bit more and refine what it is that I want, but quite right. literally to just give you the access to those, those men, right? Right. When I hear that, it makes me immediately think about the gender disparity between black men and black women mm -hmm. and i mean a part of me is proud of you like well yeah girl the numbers are already set against you so it makes sense that you would approach it from a number mm -hmm. game perspective and that you right. would go about that way trying to increase your volume and then like you just said the blog is kind of giving you even more reach right so right. now you have created volume and reach a guy is flying to see, mm -hmm. you would have never bumped into him in Texas. I would like to know if, do you think that the, the volume that you speak of is helpful regarding that numerical disparity between black men and black women, particularly who desire marriage and family? For particularly women that are educated and, you know, not that your partner has to have the same level of education, but you want someone who can bring some type of value into your life. Um, you have to, you, you're going to have to experience an, a volume. You know, we talked about the numbers the other day. Uh, I think there's 88 Black men to every 100 Black women um, in the United States. So just from a, you know, a, a, a numerical, do they exist? <laughs> Are they alive? <laughs> you know, standpoint, we're already at a deficit. So we may have to work a little bit harder. And I don't know what they're doing in other communities, but we may have to work a little bit harder if we want a Black partner. Now, I will be honest, um, that is not a requirement for me. Um, <laughs> Do you remember when we were in Panama and we were swiping through, um, I was swiping through Bumble and you were, you were with me and we were looking at the people in Texas and I was like, if I, if I date a white man, he's going to have to have that lumberjack type. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so why did I connect with the lumberjack at Starbucks? He had the lumberjack look. He's like six foot three or four built. He told me he does strong man competitions and whatnot. But definitely within our community, uh, we have to aim for the volume in order to, you know, just 
have options and to have good options. Usually in my work, I'm working with Black women who, for the most part, desire Black men. Mm -hmm. And when they are willing to veer away from that, it's usually in two buckets. Black women who are just like, I'm open to love no matter what. And that's just like their general disposition. Mm -hmm. And then Black women who are like, I'm open to Black men. I would like it to be a Black man, but I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lose my years and youth and fertility and all the love that I have in my heart to give waiting on one. Where where do you think you are? That's where I stand. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I stand. I love my own people, of course, and I want to see us together because of the rate at which Black men choose match, marry, and mate Mm -hmm. (laughs) with with non-Black women. And they do so more than all other men combined. Mm -hmm. Because that is the case, I personally, now Black men who like they're non-Black women, don't come for me. But personally, I believe that the responsibility is on to fix that, is mm-hmm. on Black men to just start choosing your own women. And then right. I feel like it will it will increase those numbers and likelihood for Black women. So because of that, as much as I would love to even see Black women with Black men, I'm not in a position to ding black women who make that choice, particularly the ones in the second bucket, like you just said, because right. what are you supposed to do? Just not? Or, you know, that. so the options are, we can expand our options and seek outside the black community. Or, you know, we've talked about this, there's polygamy, which, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not what I choose. Um, but th- those are our options, really. So it's a viable option, just not a desired option for you. Right. Yeah, my my issue with that, I I am not anti-polygamy. My issue with it is it's not a legal institution in our country. So that Mm -hmm. makes it difficult. You know, I'm like, well, if I'm wife one, it work. (laughs) (laughs) That's my firstborn kicking in, y'all. This is not about me. This is about (laughs) Kaidi. Okay, so we're all following your dating progress through your 100 dates in Houston. And so we have the deets there, but I'm curious about your dating journey before you relocated to Houston and this adventure started. So can you give mm-hmm. us some historical context? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a, I have a blog called Angry Black Woman, which Joyce was a part of me making that public. Uh, I wrote about basically just my entire uh, dating life from the time I was about, you know, 17, 18 up until now. And, um, you know, I've, I've, you could call me a serial monogamous from the time I was about 17, 18, started dating um, guy at my church. And, um, you know, I was really focused on marriage from a young age, because within the church, that's the only mm-hmm. uh, way in which sex is is permissible and okay and so I really kind of I don't want to say was obsessed but that was really important to me to be able to be married so that I could resolve my sexuality you know as a human with my faith and whatnot and um so 
being 17, 18 without any real guidance on how do you pick a life partner, it just kind of went for the good guys, the church guys that might, they have, they were good intentions, good heart, but just not a good fit for me. And so um, I kind of went back and forth with that type for quite a while up into my thirties. And then um, after a while, I said, something isn't working here. I don't know what it is. I feel lost. I feel confused. And really what it was, I just didn't have a good relationship with myself you know um mm. it was primarily you know trying to connect with men and trying to make this partnership happen or make it look a certain way when I just needed to develop a better relationship with myself and so I did some coaching and then after the coaching I took some time off I didn't date for about nine months and then I said I also want to travel so I traveled um and I had a little love story while I was traveling so that brings us into 2022 yeah, 2022. You know all about the love story. Um, <laughs> overseas love story in Paris. Um, and now here we are now. <laughs> Serial monogamist. I know mm -hmm. a lot of Match Mary May clients can identify with that, particularly coming from a church background or a Christian background. Mm -hmm. Tapped into self. I love that because today it is completely evident to me you are so in love with yourself, so aware of yourself. You have no problem saying this is exactly the lane I can operate in and shine. And y'all, I'm not all that amazing over there. <laughs> Traveled, mm -hmm. which, you know, when I see Black women taking travel journeys, I'm like, make sure you connect with Black men when you get there. Make sure you connect with Black men when you get there. Just and I did. I and did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen you connect with the black man, whether it was romantic or not. I think mm -hmm. I've seen you connect with the black man almost everywhere you went. I, I saw it with my mm -hmm. eyeballs in Panama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so you have done that. So mm -hmm. listen, Kaidi is doing the work. I'm trying to find out who is this beau? Mm -hmm. Who is this beau ass? Who is Me this <laughs> Bella? Come now, we ready. <laughs> But, you know, I'll say, Joyce, too, like, you know, I wonder sometimes where is he, you know, I, I say I feel like the guy, he's going to be a king. He's going to have to be a king for me to, you know, really want to respect and to, you know, just share with him and all of that. And one thing that really helped me get clear on what I need is, um, you know, some of my favorite exercises from you. One of them is the standards and boundaries list and that the standards and boundaries exercise. Um when it came to getting clear on myself and, and knowing myself, really having that black and white kind of uh, list of things that I need and not just what I need and why. And, and that really helped me to be clear on who I am, what I need and really honor that. So when I see this guy, when I encounter him, I will know <laughs> it won't be a question because it's right here, black and white in front of my face. Funny you should mention that. I was in a coaching session last night and I have a client who's been dating a guy for about a good 10 months. Mm -hmm. He has asked for exclusivity and she reached out to say he's asked for exclusivity. I want to be in mm -hmm. the hot seat walk me through the thing so I can make sure it makes sense to me. She did her pre-work. She had her standards and boundaries list. And she said, these are the areas that I flagged that mm -hmm. I've already, right? This is this was written 18 months ago. Mm. How long it's been since, since she's graduated. But she's been dating this guy for about 10 months. And 
I'm like, it has to make sense, right? So the question is, is what he has shown you, what he has demonstrated in, in all the ways, mm-hmm. does, does that make sense for you first? We're gonna think with our head first. Right. Does it make sense for you? But also, does it feel good to you to cut off your access to all other men for, for only and exactly what he can give you? That answer isn't always yes. Mm-hmm. And so as we were going through it, she was like, I'm so grateful for this exercise because it is so easy to say yes just because someone's asking. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to say yes just because he's a good guy. He is a great guy. Because you like him. And you like him. <laughs> no, she's going to be on um, our show later to tell her decision. So I can't say it just yet. But okay. that is the power of that exercise. It follows you while you're doing your self work. While you're dating, it helps you when a man is asking for exclusivity and right. then it helps you to decide if you should. Then once you get into a relationship, it becomes a blueprint for what you all need to work on mm-hmm. to get to engagement if that's mm-hmm. where you all are headed. So I right. love that that's your favorite one because that's the one that goes with you season to season to season to season. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it help, helps you just stay grounded. Love books. Allow me to interject for a moment. First, I have to give Kaidi her shine because she was one of the first champions of my standards and boundaries theory. It's also an exercise inside the Match Mary Mate course that many clients are fond of, and it's highly effective with helping women to make sound decisions and ask the right questions at four major points of relationship desires and decisions. Number one, the desire to have a relationship and the declaration a woman makes about the type and caliber of man she wants and needs. Don't leave out that needs part, ladies. We often over-identify what we want and don't consider what and who we need. Also, how she wants to experience him and their connection together. This point is much of what Kaidi's referencing in her share. Number two, the second point, the decisions that come with assessing and measuring a man, asking if, when we should invite him to pursue us, and what time, energy, or access to give him, if at all, throughout the lifespan of the connection and interactions. Some of what Kaidi is describing is at this point too. And then we have two more points of desire and decision. So number three, The decision to agree to exclusivity or not once a man has asked. Remember when I mentioned Alexandra at the beginning? She was at this same point and you'll want to catch the sixth episode of this season to hear more about this stage. And then last, number four, the assessing of all that needs to be true before accepting a man's proposal for marriage. Now, one day I received a text from Kaidi that read, I really need you to do some research on your standards and boundaries theory. It could be the blueprint that we need to help us choose better. And by us, she meant black women. Because I'm developing this research, it's important for me to understand how my clients or the women who use my work interpret it. So I asked, what's my theory, girl? And she responded that creating the standards and boundaries based on your relationship categories will lead to successful long-term partnerships. 
she was close, so that made me happy. But her text provoked a thought that helped me to define my theory more. To date, I'd say that when women understand the major relationship categories, it's easier for them to assess who they really are, what they really want and need, and what kind of man could potentially partner with them. That clarity alone rules out many unwise, premature, and absent-minded dating decisions, which protects a woman's time and energy. Then, once women identify their standards and boundaries within each major relationship category, they are better equipped and more empowered to make intentional and mindful dating and relationship decisions with confidence, equity, and power. They are also in a better position to navigate and negotiate with men. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) This relationship skill helps them to make better dating decisions, which improves their dating satisfaction and experiences while dating. It increases the likelihood of being in a healthy relationship and increases the quality of the relationships they form. So far, my clients are proving me right in the first and third parts of my theory. And the second one, I'm still testing out. Anywho, Cardi closes our text exchange saying that me and my husband could very well be the next John and Julie Gottman. She made my day, not because I aspired to be like the Gottmans, but because my initial relationship training is in their couple's methods. And I'm glad my training is shining through my work. Thanks, Kaidi. Lovebugs, I need to take a small break, chillax for a bit, and I'll be right back to finish my convo with Kaidi. See you soon. Are you looking to get your love life together? You're tired of not having the tools or community you need to navigate these dating and relationship streets. Well, honey, let's take some accountability, do our work and be in the place to reap all the benefits. I invite you to become a Love Lady member and officially join the Match Mary Mate community. You can choose your specific dating and relationship package to work with me. You'll have access to digital resources, video trainings, coaching content, course materials, and even the opportunity to live stream with me with certain packages. If this sounds like something you want, be sure to join today because I'd love to have you. Visit coachjoyce.com to get started. I want to see your face in the play. Do you have a private or sensitive dating and relationship issue you want to chat with me about? Sometimes we all need a little TLC and one-on-one and I'm here for it. Here's what you want to do. Visit matchmerrymate.com Click work with me and book your individual call. I cannot wait to meet you in the Zoom room, honey. So I have a question for you in your role as a therapist. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the clinicians, by the way. Y'all do amazing, amazing work because it is not for me. But I tend to draw y'all in anyway. So I love being in your energy. You are a therapist, but you're also a human being. Right. Also a woman. And we can't reject those identities just because you hold the professional hat of therapist. And I don't want people to miss this is a woman. This is a human being. So I'm curious if you've had any nerves or fears about publicizing your dating efforts and how you've worked through that to bring yourself to where you are now. 
Oh, yeah, I absolutely have, because I, I've wondered if my own struggles, being public with my own struggles and just my own humanity would um, take away from my credibility as a professional. Mm. But I think one of the biggest lessons that I push to my clients is self-compassion. You know, that you are allowed to be imperfect. You're allowed to be human. You're allowed to make mistakes. It's in, And embracing that is it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's what allows us to actually grow and to have space to figure out our problems and to bounce back and to be resilient when we accept the fact that this is just a part of the, you know, the process of being human. And so I figure if I can be vulnerable with that and share that, um, I might be able to relate to people even more because they'll see, you know, this is a real human being. She has her own challenges, but she also has the head knowledge to be able to uh, work her way through it and share it with us at the same time. So that's kind of my approach. And I figure whoever is for me for is for me. Whoever is with it is with it. And if they're not, then they're just not. Let's pause once more, love bugs, because Kaidi is dropping a major gem that's worthy of highlighting. Too many of us, and by us, I mean humans at large, disregard people's humanity, especially in the dating and relationship space. We want perfection and no conflict and no low days, no mistakes and no patience and grace extended for human beings working on, but not yet arrived on their stuff. And it's not realistic, nor is it even possible. A client of mine shared an IG video with me of a content creator, her name is Crystal the Oracle, describing how black women experience this level of human disregard. And I wanna quote the most resonating lines. Trauma responses are appropriate in traumatic situations. Even if it's inappropriate, we're human. Black women are human. And humans deserve inappropriate moments and to be seen as frail in those inappropriate moments and to be love in their frailty so that they can be better next time. Crystal the Oracle, somatic trauma therapist. I responded back to my client with more than this, but this is the part I wanna capture for this show. While it can hurt to be on the other side of someone's mess or their epiphany or apology or inexperience or even their effort yet to be realized, as long as they are growing, progressing, trying, and these realities are very human. And we have to have space for people to express ignorance or inexperiences when they really do not know. We have to create space for them to be imperfect and to make mistakes or fail at something when they're making a true and honest effort. To have no capacity or compassion for the fact that human beings operate this way is to be anti-human, in my opinion. When people still see us beyond our flaws, it's the kind of connection and intimacy we all long for anyway. So let's take a page out of Kaidi's book and be pro-human. I love that. Yeah, because you're still a woman. You still got needs. You still got desires. Just because right. you're a therapist doesn't make right. sense. I still have traumas. I still have past issues. Like I still have all those things. Right. So being able to see how I handle that and navigate that from a from a personal and a professional standpoint, I think it's it's what um, I think it's something very different. Most of the time, especially as therapists, we don't disclose, especially to our clients, like we don't self-disclose unless we feel like it's directly going to help with the client. That's like an ethical thing for us. It's a boundary. Um, So most of the time, clients don't really get to see what's happening inside the world of their therapist. But 
I might not be your therapist directly, but, you know, you're going to see what's happening inside of this therapist's life. Yeah, I think it's refreshing, even if you're not someone's personal therapist. Um, it's refreshing to just see a therapist have that level of vulnerability. I right. remember being one of my first thoughts when you said you were going to do. Actually, it was one of my thoughts when you published the Angry Black Woman. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, oh, yeah. You, you are branded as a therapist, as a speaker <laughs> who speaks about, you know, therapeutic topics or the, right. the topics that you are known for in your therapy work. You've been on television, you know, your, your Facebook page is decked, your LinkedIn is amazing, and you are still putting out your public life. And I just thought, wow, that's bold and not bold, like in the nice, nasty way that people say it, mm-hmm. but like it's bold, it really speaks to who you are, but it speaks to how fervently you want this thing to come to pass in your life. Right. right? And so now I feel like um, I will bring your name up sometimes because I can refer to a work now, right? Before I could bring you up because I'm like, oh, I only know that. And that would be weird to tell someone else's business, but I can say, you yeah. know, Heidi, the girl who has the blog, right? And some of my clients will be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Even if they haven't read it, they can identify the mm-hmm. name with the work. And everybody is like, oh yeah, the, the girl who wants, you know, the husband, mm-hmm. the girl who's on a mission to get her man. I'm like, right. yes. Yes. And I love that people know that because that group buy-in, you were talking about scary accountability earlier. And yes, Mm -hmm. when you say things out loud, it creates expectation and people want to see you do it. It's like that that Facebook meme when people are like, y'all and played out the whole drama online and then want to say, you know, oh, this is private or oh, oh, you know, prayers. When someone goes missing. And you're like, no, it's our business now. Like, tell us the tea. Exactly. (laughs) So, yes, the scary accountability, but it also gives you group buy-in, right? Mm -hmm. People are cheering for you. They're celebrating you. And they're wanting, they know what it is that you're about. She is becoming the woman who's like, I'm out here about to get my husband. (laughs) Right. There's like an energy to it, you know, and it's also you mentioned, you know, that I want this thing, but it's also I want other women who are on the same journey to feel seen. Right. Like it's not just me. You're you're not by yourself as you're experiencing this. This is I feel this way, too. I, I know there are a number of other women who do. And here's how I'm getting through it. So if there's anything that I can share in my journey that's going to help you. You say vulnerability is the first thing that you want to see in another person and the, and the last thing that you want to show in, in yourself. And so this is just me being vulnerable, you know, putting it out there. Why are we like this? <laughs> we, because we, we're scared. <laughs> we, I don't want to be vulnerable because it might hurt me. But at the same time, I want you to show me your vulnerability. You go first. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, re- it reminds me of this um, saying um, when I was getting my degree in psychology, it like lives in that space. But it reminds me of the saying and it says, hey, when you're working with people, it's important to know that they always want to be an attorney when it comes for their issues and a judge with everyone else's. Hmm. Right. And it's like, hmm. why do we like this? Like these <laughs> poles that go against, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as I said earlier, one of my favorite things about you is your ability to reset and reframe and just remain mindful of what you want. 
Yeah, I think I will also give you if mindfulness was a person because you just keep whatever it is that you want here and you are mm -hmm. present with that journey. I've, of course, I've seen you take breaks like any human. You need to take right. a break or tap out. But I've seen you and when you get back in and I'm putting this thing right back here. Mm -hmm. So I love your mindfulness. And I also admire how you will create a team, create and hire a team of people. <laughs> to help you with your authentic and genuine self. I know I raised my hand, people are like, oh, Joyce, you're so brilliant. I'm like, well, half of what you see is my brilliance. <laughs> the other half of what you see is the brilliance of other people helping me to be brilliant. Right, right. And you posted something on Facebook earlier this year that resonated with me or helped me with this idea. And you had hired some executive coach mm -hmm. and you were, saying it was literally the best thing that you had did all year. Mm -hmm. And then I think you kind of made some funny about y'all don't judge me. take a whole team to keep me together or something yes. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was for my executive functioning coach to teach me organization skills and time management, because as a creative, I'd be a little all over the place. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, money well spent because since mm -hmm. that has happened, you have published the post that we've been asking for since 2022, I think, uh -huh. like early yeah. 2022. You have this blog series and obviously the consistency has to be there. So mm -hmm. it, it seems like money well spent. So what I would like is for you to share skills or tools that you've learned from your team that have helped you with, with, with your dating wins and woes. Okay, so aside from our standards and boundaries, um, we have, well, I, and I'll just share some of the things that I learned with you. Um, the feel and chill. I mean, I don't know if that's an exercise or not, but it, 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 it's, it's always my favorite, truthfully, because I think I, I don't, I used to lean more towards not the suppressing my emotions, but the reacting to my emotions. So I guess I'll break it down a little bit. You know, Joyce has this post in the Match Mary Mate a Facebook group that basically says um, women or people tend to go one extreme or the other with their emotions. We either suppress them and, you know, try to ignore them and tuck them away when we feel them, or we react to them. As soon as we feel something, we feel like we have to do something right away because right. we the thing and very few of us kind of can be in that middle ground of feeling it but sitting with it and not doing anything and just processing it um and that once I really kind of took that all in it just helped me so much because I could be reactive um a lot of times I would do things to to stop feeling a certain emotion particularly anxiety for me um so I do something like you know unfollow someone or or break want to break up or like I don't know just <laughs> something to like in the connection so I no longer feel this tension um when I was feeling discouraged with one guy and so I didn't want to go on any dates with anybody anybody else and so I wanted to my feelings were telling me to just cancel just don't do it um and I didn't do it because I need to manage this manage my emotion and not treat one guy based off of what's happening with the other guy uh, and me sitting with it and, you know, not necessarily ignoring my feelings, but not following them right away. Um, I ended up having a great day, you know, from a bad one, the one day, Saturday, and then a, a good one on Sunday. 
Uh, I don't know if I need to be scheduling them that close together, though. The- <laughs> Give yourself some emotional space, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad that I didn't, you know, allow my feelings to take over. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to ignore them. So just really noticing that balance has been important. When you're dealing with a lot, when you're dealing with volume, a lot of people in general, particularly men romantically, um, things can come up. And and I have been, one thing I've been exploring and trying to figure out is whether or not I can actually be friends with men or not. And I've concluded that you can't be friends with someone that either you have feelings for or they have feelings for you. Like it just, there's a lot, a lot of emotional stuff that comes up. And so um, there was a, a male friend of mine that we were kind of teetering on the lines of, do we entertain something more seriously? Do I bring him into this hundred date situation or not? And things went completely left. Like they went bad. And, um, and he ended up sending me a letter, a, a handwritten letter, but he took the time to think of all of the, the, I don't want to say nasty, but it was just some 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 negative, very negative things he had to say based off of his trauma. He was applying his trauma to me and um, projecting and sabotaging and all of that. And once I got about halfway through the letter, I remembered something that you had told me about the protecting the portals. And I just stopped reading the letter and I threw it in the garbage because that was going to disturb my peace so bad. It wasn't something that I needed to um have sitting in my spirit and in my emotions and my desire for peace was more important than my desire, my curiosity or my needing to know or whatever. And I think that as particularly as a woman, you really have to protect your space in that way because you feel your emotions so much and it, you know, you just, you need to have those barriers, those boundaries. So that's been really helpful. So those are two others that, um, oh, and then there's the, the relationship trajectory too. There is in the first and second set of my relationship trajectory, you know, you go on the, the date with the guy, the first date, right? And then the second step for me is like, does he come into my rotation? Meaning, do I date him regularly? And one of the questions that I ask myself is like, do I actually like him? Like, and I know that's that's silly that I have to like write that down. But as a reminder, do you actually like his personality? Like, do you enjoy the time in his space enough for you to say, okay, I'm going to see you regularly and, and to bring you to that next level of relationship or dating? And for one guy, the answer was like, no. <laughs> And so we should stop it here, you know? So all of these things have been helpful. Um, and that's where that whole, this this dating is a journey thing, you know, had I not gone through the coaching, I wouldn't be able to make these decisions that will ultimately bring me to my person, hopefully sooner than later. Listening to you talk about the um, protection portal piece mm-hmm. reminded me, girl, I, inter- I um, introduced you as, a client and you very much are but let me just say for the audience i love when clients turn into friends and when they do i call them client friends mm-hmm. <laughs> at least in professional spaces in personal mm-hmm. spaces i can just say my friend mm-hmm. but in professional spaces i will definitely say my client friends and kaidi is certainly a client friend of mine so that protection portal piece i was calling her with my own issue <laughs> And I was just calling her friend to friend, but let me give Kaidi her props because while it did live in the friend to friend space, 
I was looking to rely on her background as a therapist, as a way of not processing so much, but as a way of checking myself, like making sure I was good with the issue at hand because the issue was a, a person who we had in common at the time. I got this email, but halfway through it was not productive and I didn't want that stuff to live in my head rent free. I was already gonna have to be battling with the first half of the email that I read. I decided mm -hmm. to not give my brain more content to have to be, you know, tormented and anguished and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, right. And so, yeah, that wasn't even a coaching thing. That was just Kaidi and I having a good girlfriend conversation. I didn't mm -hmm. even know that I had made an impact like that. But oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just some woman skills right there. Like, that's just some womanly wisdom. <laughs> yeah, protect my portals. So for those listening, usually when I say protection portal, I'm talking about your ear gate, your eye gate, your mouth gate, and mm -hmm. then also your womb. That's usually what I mean when I say that. And I just feel like that's valuable for women to know you are, you are a portal. You mm -hmm. are a receptacle. You are incubator. And whatever you allow in, you start giving life and giving birth to in some way. So you have to go, wait a minute. What is it that I really want to reproduce or multiply? And if this is not what it is, I reject it the moment I understand. I don't want to multiply this energy. I don't want to give birth to it. So I'm glad that helped you because who who knows what was in the other half of that letter? And I'm glad you mm. saved yourself from it. Right. Absolutely. Any other? I know you said you wanted to um, maybe share some other people. This is like your time to drop skills or people. Mm -hmm. Anwar, the Get Your Guy dating coach. Um, I haven't worked with him personally, but his free content has just been so helpful for me. He shared a post where he said um, there was a question. What's one thing that you regret doing or something? It was a stitch. And the, the girl said how I lost my mind, how I almost lost my mind trying to figure out yours. And um, that really resonated with me. There's been a couple of emotionally unavailable men that I have encountered. And my go-to, especially as a therapist, to try to figure out why, like what's going on? Like, you know, we can get to the bottom of this. Let me figure it out. And it leads to overthinking for me. And um, and this is why I say one of my standards and boundaries is that the guy has to have had his own therapist because yeah. I'm not trying to work it out for you or figure it out for you. Um, but yeah, so I'm I try to figure it out. And he said, you know, stop trying to figure these men out. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing that you need to focus on is how what he's doing makes you feel. Bring the attention back to you. What is he bringing up in you? Once I realized that, I was like, man. And, and the truth is, shout out to my therapist, because I shared that with her. And she was basically like, I've been telling you this for the past five to 10 years. <laughs> You're right. You have. But, you know, sometimes it just takes just the right moment and the right mm -hmm. amount of crystallization for you to finally get it. And then I took. So this actually happened with one of guys, one of the guys in the blog um, hairline. I realized that I, <laughs> that's his name, y'all. Heidi and her love for intact hairline, y'all. Yes. I need <laughs> you to have your hairline intact. Uh, <laughs> it's not quite a standard, but it, it's close there. Um 
So, yeah, I realized after trying to connect with him that I was feeling disconnected and I was feeling kind of sad and disappointed. And I went and I took that to him and I used an assertive communication script. So that's another that comes from um, nonviolent communication. Nonviolent. I'm a fan of that. So as opposed to attacking him and saying, you know, uh, you know, you don't you, you're not vulnerable enough with me and I don't think you really want this. And just taking that aggressive approach, I said, you know, I'm noticing that I'm feeling sad, you know, after our interactions, because that's the next step, because I've been trying to connect with you and I don't think it's working. And um, from that, like he just saw soft and, you know, opened up and yes. you know, it, it lended to a real conversation. Now, he has some level of awareness, too, which is which is helpful. Um, but me being able to take that approach by owning my feeling and sharing it and sharing why, as opposed to attacking him and saying what he was or wasn't doing, um, I think was helpful. It, it was a relational skill. Relational skills. So ladies, I want you to hear this. There's dating skills, relational skills, personal skills that Kaidi is speaking to on her journey to get into Mr. Right. And they've all been valuable at different times throughout your journey yes i love what you said about the nugget you got from anwar because it kind of leans into that protection portal it's like how am i feeling what's coming up in me who's doing this one of the things that i always tell my clients to do is when something comes up for you like that make sure you give it back to that guy don't be Mm -hmm. walking around carrying his confusion in you Mm -hmm. that anxiety in you like give it back so i love that you use shout out to nonviolent communication i love that you use the script but nonetheless you were still giving it back to him like some interaction beats with you and me left me feeling like this and I'm mm-hmm. not going to carry it along for the both of us. Mm-hmm. So let me give yeah. it back to you and we can figure it out together. I don't mind right. collaborating with you, but I can't carry this all alone when I'm not the sole person responsible for the energy. So I right. love that you gave it back to him. Mm-hmm. Okay, love a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was teaching um, a female archetypes class yesterday and I used you as an example. No one knows, okay. but I used you as an example because you're just like the prototype. I know it's called lover archetype, but I'll be saying lover girl. Um, mm-hmm. You're just like the prototype of lover girl energy for me. And you happen mm-hmm. to self-identify mm-hmm. in the in the blog post, Malcolm X hairline. Right. You mm-hmm. happen to self-identify. I was like, look at her, utilizing her feminine archetypes mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things about you um a lot of clients who i've had you have to like really drill in their mind how to apply strategy to dating Mm. um and maybe someone had to do that work before you got to me i know you had coaching before me but by the time you got to me that wasn't something i had to drill in your mind you were like okay how do I negotiate that? How do I leverage that? How do I mm-hmm. use it? You understood that even though this is happening in a romantic field, the way you go about it does have mm-hmm. some tactic and some strategy mm-hmm. to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that you didn't just self-identify, but that you were talking about your love a girl archetype in a way that gave you strategy. You actually had strategy running through that whole post. Oh, really? which I love, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, formula. You was like, you know, this picture with me and the Malcolm X book was intentional oh, because yeah. I learned this. You know, uh-huh. was, I'm right. like, yes, girl. Mm-hmm. If, if, I mean, if you're gonna have losses and lessons, you might as well put them together to help build you a plan that's gonna get you more closer to what it is that you want, right? Right. That's the sage coming out. FYI, love bugs. 
my leading feminine archetype is Sage. And Kaidi always kids with me that she has so many sage archetype women in her orbit. If you didn't know, the sage woman is organized, resourceful, and practical. She's ruled by her head first. And while the heart does follow, it's not at the forefront of most decisions, even romantic decisions. As a sage woman, we are driven by the pursuit of knowledge and we are able to use the knowledge gained to build empires. We're often partnered, but not always married. Like Oprah, she's a great example of a sage woman. But sometimes sages marry, like Tiffany Alice or even Michelle Robinson Obama. So shout out to all my married sages out there. We're so unique. All right, let's pick up the conversation. I identify as a sage, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I love that, you know, you have the strategy behind it. And then with strategy also comes protection, right? Because it's hard to think about strategy without thinking about natural threats. Right. Um, and so one of the things that I say to my clients all the time is my job is to protect you from being devastatingly divorced or miserably mm -hmm. married. Meaning mm -hmm. when you marry, I want you to be happy. Right. And I don't want this to end in divorce, right? Like mm -hmm. that's, and you know, because I got experience in both, I'd be like, girl, let me tell mm -hmm. you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and one of the ways to help with that is to bake protection into the strategy because mm -hmm. you are conscious of the threats. Mm -hmm. And when I was reading that blog post, I'm like, not only has she added strategy here, you were talking about ways in which you just need to naturally protect yourself because mm -hmm. you can express that lover girl sometimes too much and that has gotten you in trouble in times right. past, right? right. So. Let's just revisit the first two dates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mr. Malcolm, Mr. Hairline. If you have others that you think might be more relevant, I'll take those too. Tell us what the lover archetype means and mm -hmm. how you use that information in your dating. Okay. So from my understanding, and I'm no expert on this, the lover archetype, it's, it's a very necessary kind of like core archetype to womanhood. And it's all about uh creativity our ability as women to create like we literally create life and our ability to feel and sense our emotions to experience passion and to connect with people right and so when we think about lover the lover archetype like the uh, a quintessential lover some quintessential lovers that really need to kind of balance their their energy um with other archetypes would be like jennifer lopez uh halle berry um and uh, Liz, elizabeth taylor so these women that are always falling in love and that are very passionate and just are very connected to their emotions and love men and love connection and also are very creative. Jennifer, Jenny is one of my favorite. Like I love Jennifer Lopez and she's always into things, creating things, doing things. I love that about her. Um, but they also struggle with maintaining long term relationships if they're not balanced with other aspects of their personality, because when you lead with passion without any reason or logic it you know our feelings change you know um and and we can't always lead with with passion and and feelings and emotions and all of that we have to apply some strategy and logic and so i have learned that i i love beautiful experiences and pleasure and creating things and connecting and feeling things i feel things very deeply um and so with that understanding I have to kind of pull back a little bit of that, especially as I'm just getting to know a man and understand that um, 
that level of connection, it might be short lived, it might be mistaken for something else like chemistry, you know, we want to feel the chemistry. But as I explained in the blog, chemistry, especially from a therapeutic standpoint, it can just represent that we're experiencing some relational dynamic that is familiar to us, even though it's unhealthy. So for example, if I'm dating a guy and I feel this hot and coldness, right? And and I'm all wrapped up in that. It's like, oh, I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, I feel something, but then he's drawing it back a little bit. And that's just what I experienced with my dad. That's not the case with me, but I experienced that with my dad. Then that's what love is supposed to feel like. And oh, he must love me, you know, because this is what love is. And this feels familiar. And I'm feeling all this chemistry. And really, it's just unfamiliar, it's familiar patterns that are unhealthy that are playing out again. I know that my lover archetype tends to like to lead and likes to feel a lot of things and likes to get swept up in beautiful, you know, big gestures and whatnot. Um, but that, and while that's good, you know, and I'm open to experiencing that, I also can't just lead with that. There has to be other things in place that make sense. And so, again, that's where my standards and boundaries come in handy. My values come in handy. Just that strategy comes in handy um, in order to get the lover girl what she wants, but also protect her at the same time. You know, one of the women who I use as a lover archetype inside of my course is Eartha Kitt. Mm, oh, my God. Okay. I love her. I, love her. Yes, I know you love her. That's why I brought her up. <laughs> <laughs> but when you told me, so, I mean, I had already identified Eartha Kitt, you know, as that. But when you told okay. me that you were lover girl, mm -hmm. it hit me what, how you, you know, love this woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a whole conversation, I believe, in Panama about, you know, she's beautiful. She's sexy. She enjoys experiences. She can command the attention of any man, like all the things that are true about Eartha Kitt. Mm -hmm. You were like, but man, the the relationships that she's had and sometimes lack thereof, but mm -hmm. even the relationships that she had were so perilous, right. um, particularly with Sidney Poitier. And then of course, Eartha Kitt goes down with the famous line, a man has always wanted to lay me down, but never pick me up. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I would just like for you to tell me, um, I know you like Eartha Kitt. Do you identify like, yes, lover girl energy or yes, Eartha Kitt is my jam. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I don't know. And I'm drawn to these kind of women, I'm drawn to Maya Angelou and, and, and Jane Fonda and these women that have just this big, you know, big presence and, you know, loving energy, but they struggle with men. So I don't know. I think that, there is an aspect of them that I definitely relate to and admire um, because I think these women couldn't be possessed, if you will. Um, and they stay, they stay true to themselves in many ways. But at the same time, I'm not going to follow in their footsteps <laughs> in terms of how they went about love, at least at this point in my life. You know, I definitely, and I don't know what they did, but I definitely want to apply uh that strategy and that wisdom and that logic. And um, my prayer, and this is literally something that's on my prayer wall, is that I have both a, an open heart as well as a sound mind in order to be able to connect with the, the, the person for me. You said Jane Fonda, and that reminded me of a quote 
that she has, because this is one of the things that I have the women do in the archetype class. I'm like, now you, I gave you examples. You understand mm -hmm. what the definition, what the meaning here is. Find your lover, find your sage, find mm -hmm. your whatever. I try to get them to identify it um, in the course. People just, some people need, you know, more time to process and think, but for the ones who do, um, we go through a journey of how do you study this woman, especially if she has some years on you or famous mm -hmm. enough where we have access to, you know, a lot of her history. How do you study this woman so that you can become her in the ways that you admire and want and mm -hmm. to protect yourself from the ways that, you know, you absolutely don't. One consistent okay. trend with the, the lover archetype women is either no relationships or marriages or tumultuous relationships or marriages. And when I think about these women in their older years, can't really give that to JLo right now, but definitely Jane Fonda, definitely Eartha Kitt. They usually, you know, have they have some blog posts on them that's like, um, why it took me until I got to my 60s to become who I was supposed to be or to figure mm -hmm. it out or to, you know, learn the type of man that I actually needed for myself. It wasn't the three husbands who I was trying to do life with in my youthful years. So I said all of that to say, thinking about the inherent threats and the protections that you would, you know, like to supply for yourself. When mm -hmm. you see these women who are role models for you, right? But you do see this area of their life and you like, but sis can pass on this part. I don't want three husbands or I don't want no husband, <laughs> right. right? I want one husband for the rest of my life. That's the plan, right? Right. And and usually that's not true for the lover archetype. So when you see those women, I, I already understand the ways in which you admire them. It kind of leans <laughs> into the lover girl. But when you see the parts that you don't want, what does that say to you? What does that mean to you? How do you say, you know, I'm going to take care of this part of my, myself in a different way because I know it could naturally result mm. in an outcome that I don't want any parts of? Yeah, well, I think it's I'm learning not to just I'm learning to pay attention to my emotion and to pay attention to my desire for connection um, and satisfy that need in different ways versus like immediately I have to connect with the man. And that's like my sage. That's like, you know, they say your sage can help the lover get what she wants. That's what I ultimately desire. I ultimately desire connection. I ultimately desire attention and beautiful experiences and all those things. Um, but I just can't lead with that as I'm getting to know men. This uh, blog series is a way, it's, it's part of my lover coming out. I'm connecting with women and people in the world. So they're, they're knowing me, you know, intimately, but I'm also, you know, getting to know other women as they share things with me. It's a creative project. But I'm doing it in a strategic way. You know, I'm being consistent, all of those things. Um, salsa dancing, right? Like I connect with people through dancing, Latin dancing. You know, there's the eye contact and there's the holding close with some guys. And that's a way of connecting, connecting so I can get that without having to go and sleep with someone or whatever, you know, which could be damaging, detrimental, harmful to me. And so I know that and I understand that. And I, I allow it to be like there's nothing wrong with wanting connection. Right. There's nothing wrong with wanting intimacy and passion and all of that. Uh, you just have to understand it and manage it. And so I just manage it. Yeah, I love that because 
you can imagine the number of women who would fall into that archetype, even mm -hmm. if it's not their their primary or their leading one, it right. shows up somewhere. Right. We all have some of it, right? Right. It shows up somewhere. And for a good number of women, it's high in the order. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said, I have this energy. I own that this is who I am and what I want. Mm -hmm. But I am mindful to not only rely on romantic connections with men to fulfill it. Right. Because I think that's the mistake that mm -hmm. our Eartha Kitts, our Jane Fondas, our JLo's have made. And that's mm -hmm. what I wanted you to get to. I mm -hmm. wanted you to, I want us to be mindful, again, portal protection. I want us to be mindful of who we admire and how we admire them. Of course, we have people, we're humans, we have role models. Right. But look at the parts of their story that you are not too keen on being yours mm -hmm. and create an option that will give you something different, even if it's just in that lane. Because it's so right. easy to like over identify with the role model and then download all of what that is, mm -hmm. right? But you can be intentional. You are even being strategic to go, no, I'm gonna give myself my experiences. I'm gonna see beautiful things. I'm gonna have passion and all of those things, mm -hmm. right? Exactly what a fill and chill is. We don't suppress and deny, but right. we also move smartly with how we go about engaging our feelings. Right. communicating them or fulfilling the desires that we have that are attached to them. And I'm mm -hmm. so happy you said that. So if you are listening and your lover girl archetype is high, what Kaidi just said is an excellent, excellent way to help protect yourself from seeking out a man maybe unnecessarily, prematurely, unwisely, Right. Being in relationships, being in the bed, being in marriages, some of the our older archetype figures. Mm -hmm. um, when when you don't need to be doing that to fulfill the feeling that's actually inside of you, it can be taken right. care of another way. So thank you so much for saying that. I'll say or um ruling out a guy because there's not crazy chemistry at first, right? You go on the date and it's like, well, I didn't feel the, you know, I didn't feel the chemistry and all that. And like, give it, give it a couple of rounds. If he's, if you're enjoying the conversation, if he's respectful, if you find him attractive enough, there's no need to rule him out just because you're not seeing sparks fly. So my thing, and this is what I say in the blog, is maybe I'll see if there's a slow, if a slow burn might be possible. And that slow burn can be much more sustainable because yeah. whenever I've felt fire, the fire has always led to a crash and burn. <laughs> I'm glad you brought balance to that. The other side um, of the pole. Yes, I have to tell them that all the time. You know, you don't have to feel your heart throbbing or your coochie throbbing just, you know, on the first date or even at right. hello. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Kaidi, let us know how we can reach out to you, what products you have, your services. Give us all the things, girl. Sure. So um, if you want to follow my 100 Dates journey, you can um, go to our website, 100, the number 100, datesinhouston.com. On that same website, you'll see if you tap on the Confidence Project Journal, you can purchase my Confidence Project Journal. Uh, if you are a woman that likes to journal and likes to self-reflect, the journal has these 52 journal prompts that are all tied to confidence and learning yourself and becoming self-aware. It also comes with a gold pin and a gold metal bookmark and beautiful packaging and a self-love playlist. So it's really a nice experience. Um, yeah, that's KaidiBRodriguez.com and that's it. <laughs> I have a copy of the Confidence Journal 
It is as pretty as she described and really leaning into that love a girl archetype that we talked about in today's <laughs> show. Yeah. You got a nice pen, a nice bookmark, got yeah, a little playlist. Feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love that. Okay. So we're going to close with our sacred sisterhood circle. The sacred sisterhood circle is a quick but intimate round of prompts. I'll feed to you. You'll simply reply with the closest truth in your heart in the moment. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your favorite word to describe Black women? Amazing. <laughs> What's one affirming quality about Black men that you want them to know? The resilience. What's one of your personal or feminine superpowers? My emotions. At Match Mary Mate, we approach life and its events joyfully. Tell us one hard thing that's happened recently that you joyfully refrained. Say how some of these dates go. Um, I, if, it, if it doesn't work out, you know, date number nine, I don't know. Um, that's just putting me one date, one failure closer <laughs> to getting to the right one. <laughs> that's a good joyful reframe. <laughs> okay, speak to a younger Black woman in this moment and gift her with one thing you wish you knew or realized 10 years ago. Hmm. Really pay attention to your emotions. Don't second guess them, ignore them, wish them away. That they create your intuition and your intuition is everything. What's your greatest lesson you've learned from dating and relationships? Um, Most people are doing the best that they can and we can just learn to accept them for who and how they are. Last but not least, what's the best advice you've ever received as a woman? Your king would not make you feel like that. The person for me is going to, is not going to bring up all this crazy, bad negativity, you know, and I think that's important. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon with me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We end every episode with thought or heart provoking questions for your journal. Journaling is simply prayers on paper and the most high tends to those too. Dear listener, what's your dating plan? What's your dating strategy? How will you date to ensure your pleasure and protection? What are your relationship standards and boundaries? What's your relationship trajectory? Do you know your leading feminine archetype? How can you use her to help you date and form relationships? It's okay to write about the blessings and the burdens. Pour it out into your journal today. Release yourself, free yourself, and most of all, be yourself. P.S. No woman is better at being you than you. If you're interested in my developing research or want to discuss the trends, patterns, or stories I observe daily in my coaching practice at your next event, you can reach me at hello at matchmerrymate.com. Another thank you to Heidi Rodriguez for spending time with me in the studio today and sharing her dating lessons and stories with the Match Mary Made audience. Today, I leave you with Heidi's favorite mantra, a person is a person because of other people. I am because you are. 
Thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of the Match Mary Mate Show. If this episode resonated with you, please comment, rate, or review our podcast. Your feedback would just melt my Southern girl heart. Until our next time together, love, light, and relationship. Remember, we grow as we go, and I'll be with you in the next episode. Cheers. This was a virtual interview with Joyce recorded from two places within the world with either a professional in the field, a fellow colleague, or a client willing to share her story to inform you on relationship education topics, including dating, partnerships, and marriage and family. If you're interested in being a Match Mary Mate guest, please email the producing team at podcast at matchmarrymate.com. Mm-hmm.